Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Aotearoa Rugby Pod in a week that the All Blacks managed to lose to Argentina for the very first time. But before we get into all that serious stuff, I'm joined by James Parsons, and you're not Bryn Hall. You're <laughs> not Bryn Hall. I'm as tall as Bryn. You're Jeff <laughs> McTainch. I might be shorter. Sky Sports commentator Jeff McTainch is in with us, and he's here because Bryn is on, what, what do we call sabbatical. it? Sabbatical. Sabbatical. <laughs> End of season. Podcast sabbatical. <laughs> team duties. Yeah, yeah. Something along those say. lines. Enjoying his time. Speaking of which, I'm a North Harbour supporter for a weekend, and that's what you guys do now. I know, it's your fault. I should have stayed with the county. It's your fault, right? Counties have gone up. Yeah. Post-jersey wearing, we've gone down. <laughs> yeah, I'm heading back to Pukekohe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Start of next season. <laughs> so, so Bryn's hydrating, is he? He's hydrating. Yeah, he's yeah. hydrating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was at that game, um, obviously calling it the Bay of Plenty game, and it's just unreal to, to think that North Harbour had one foot in a semi-final, sorry to say it, mate, and then end of the afternoon with the Canterbury result, they're gone. It's just a strange season, wasn't it? It's tough. It's yeah. a tough afternoon. It was. Anything could happen. That was the great thing about it. Like, it didn't matter which team you were playing for, you could end up... Up the top or down the bottom? Mm, well, that's why I didn't crow two weeks ago <laughs> when I was sitting here. But uh, hopefully there's a restructure of the comp and it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah That's yeah. what I'm going with. And also, I'm not casually dressed. I just want to support the lads. Yeah. It's the only kit I could find. I'm wearing the All Blacks gear today because I just they need a bit of love, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get Everyone's getting a bit carried away. Look at those guns. Oh, mate. And the tan. Yeah, it's just out running, you know, yeah, out yeah. running, yeah. Not so good underneath the thing. Do you put on like um, sun protection? Do you, you wear nah. some screen oil? I see it's a bit pink, you know. Bronze, yeah. yeah anyway, good it's going to look good on Take a Beach, though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. That's what people want. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> Let's get into some footy. Yeah, this is going to be serious, though. Less joking about this, because I'm not sure this is a joking matter. The All Blacks are currently two wins from five games this season. Tell me, when you look at that game against Argentina, where do you think it went wrong? Well, for me, I just think, I look back to the. the uh, big win against the Wallabies, and we had such a great balance of our attack, and our attacking kicking game was just not there uh, on the weekend. And by that I mean was, they were bringing li- great line speed. Cabelli was in the line a lot defensively for Argentina, and and we didn't quite change our strategy. We did a few attacking kicks in the second half, but the damage had sort of been done, and, and they'd, they'd sort of got gained in confidence. And I think that was the biggest area of our game that we didn't see is that those little chip kicks that led to such great tries against the Wallabies a couple of weeks ago. And, and on this occasion, you know, we saw it late in the game, but it just wasn't there. And we didn't adjust to, I suppose, the pitches that were in front of us defensively. So why have they changed? Why aren't they still doing those little kicks in behind and unsettling the defensive lines early on? Well, I'm not too sure. Like, uh, Ian Foster's come out and said like, it wasn't a planned thing not to do it. He said, obviously, we didn't use our kicking game as well as we'd like. 
Um, you know, for instance, they kicked 17 times on the weekend. Their average now after that game is 22, so it must have been around 24, I suppose, 23, 24 before that. So it's a lot less uh, kicks against Argentina, and, and clearly the kicks they did do as well weren't as effective. Um, there were a couple of really good um, contestables from uh, Aaron Smith, but outside of that, our contestable and attacking kick game just, just wasn't there. So that's just a decision thing, that's communication. So the week before, there's a lot of plaudits to, I suppose, um, Richie and Bodie, but a, a lot of that is guys um, in and around them making the calls for those kicks as well, and, and maybe those connections weren't quite there on the weekend. What do you think, Jeff? What did you see? Yeah, well, I, firstly, I saw a team that wanted it more in Argentina, and I think the rhetoric during the week was uh, that the All Blacks were going to go and, and absolutely pace them. Um, but then you had an Argentinian side that hadn't played rugby in 13 months coming in, um, probably using that as fuel. Um, you know, they knew what kind of shape those guys were in. They knew that it was an opportunity um, against a, an All Black side that, that had just been beaten to, to go and make a statement. And, um, I mean, I think, because I listened to the, the radio call on the way down to Tauranga, and, and JP was on that. And I think by the 50th minute, even though Kane had got that try, you just felt that the All Blacks' tactics weren't changing as in previous tests and years gone by they would have. Um, as, 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 as James is saying, you know, it's not working, let's change it. And um, there was a moment in that game when Caleb Clark um, had a shonky kick from the mark. And um, I think you were saying in the, in the call as well that, you know, he was getting sort of daggers from, from some of those guys where... In that situation, in tests gone by, they would have got around the young man and said, look, it's OK, let's let's move forward. But for me, it was the fact that all good All Black sides in the past have had a plan B, um, you know, and they've come out of the second half and, and changed things up. And I, I don't think we saw that. And coupled with the fact, like I said, that Argentina were hungry, um, by the 55th, 60th minute, um, just listening, I thought, look, this is going to be history here. Um, for Argentina. And, and on that, like we obviously had that breakdown in accuracy, so you can't really get your attack and kicking game and those things flowing if you're not on the front foot or you can't build phases. You know, you want to have two or three phases to see what the D's doing then to make those decisions, but you know, through inaccurate cleans or um, incorrect entry, every time we started getting some momentum, we were penalised. And on the back of that, a lot of those penalties led to three points. And, you know, we've probably played team or played the Wallabies that maybe have been going to the corner. Uh, we know Hodge can kick long penalties, but I mean, they, they took their points when they were on offer. They even dropped into for a droppy mm. early. Mm. And, and to me, that said to me, okay, they want scoreboard pressure. And that's, that's the way the Argies went about it. And then on the flip side of that, the Argies have been known for, for their offload game. That, and mm. they made four offloads. So they came with a, a plan, a game plan that was so... Um, disciplined and, and strict and they, they stuck to it and they just were relentless in it and I'd say they're a team of you know 20, 20 offloads normally so mm. four offloads compared to the All Blacks uh, nine and, and th that discipline in their attack it wasn't you know like it wasn't like helter skelter attack mm. or anything it was you know a lot of exiting playing the territory game but I, I think we were expecting a lot more of the offloads and that is the biggest thing. They had four turnovers conceded. We're the best team at scoring tries off turnovers, and they just gave us nothing to live off, whereas we conceded 14 turnovers, which is very, that, which normally the other way around for us, um, as in the All Blacks, sorry. Um, but that's a big part. Their discipline and their attacking game plan was a big part of winning. Their defence was amazing and ruthless, but they were really ruthless and disciplined in their, in their game plan and attack. Picking, picking up on that, sorry, the offload game. To a layman, if someone, a team goes in 
deciding not to offload, you would think it would be easier to shut them down. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like it, 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 but that's why they're, they're one opportunity. They had advantage and they did a kick and a, and a tap. But I'm saying, like, in the past, they've, they've clearly learned, and I don't know um, who's responsible. Ledesma was exceptional with the Hagawaris. Obviously, Czech is in there. I don't know what um, or who, I suppose, they came up collectively with that game plan, but there was a clear difference in their tactics. And, yes, it might be easy to shut down, but if they're getting good direct carries and then good kicks, then they're putting themselves in a position, and then on the back of that, they're, they're taking their three points. So they weren't playing like this attacking expansive. Yes, they shut down. I don't. We still tackled at ninety percent defensively. I thought we were good, mm. Mm. but the, the, it was the a discipline that allowed them to kick eighteen points, six penalties, and then a try based on advantage, which was pretty fluky if we're honest. The try, like it came off a knee and then bounced up, and, and they scored. So outside of that, I don't think defensively we were broken down. So it was easy to, to defend, but through the nature and their tactics of going for three and being disciplined and not trying to give the All Blacks turnover ball, worked for them. And they were coming all day at the All Blacks in midfield, and, and as James says, they weren't um, trying to push the pass or, or do things uh, too drastically. It was, it was good sort of simple footy, one off the ruck, or really trying to punch the holes and find a crack in the seam. But I think what the All Blacks needed to do at that, at that point is say, OK, well, um, you know, they've, they've been accurate, which is probably something we haven't seen from all Argentinian sides in the past, plenty of passion, plenty of hunger, but by sort of 50th minute, um, you know, they try and be a bit fancy or, as he says, yeah, you know, the All Blacks will pick up scraps and, and Aaron Smith can get into his game and, and guys like Rico Ioane and, and Caleb Clark will have a field day in, in, in the wide channels. But I think what the All Blacks needed to do there was go, OK, look, if they're going to come at us all day, we need them to do that at the other end of the park. You try and do that out of your own 22 or inside your half because if we get a turnover or we get a penalty then we can start applying a bit of pressure in the corner or on the board. Which brings me to my next point. In 2016 in Chicago, um, Ireland, Ireland came at them hard and they struggled. In 2017, the British Lions showed if you get up in the All Blacks' faces and you don't miss your tackles, you can win or draw a series. Uh, England showed last year, you get up at them, you can cause problems. What has happened to Plan B? I think we saw it two weeks ago. I think it was executed beautifully against... Uh, the Wallabies coming hard at us and uh, they made the adjustments to that around we spoke last week about the kick coverage when the Wallabies won and their adjustments defensively they, they still came hard here but they trusted the guys to make that kick coverage so I, I think the plan B's there and, and Moonga and Barrett and co have executed it it just it, it, it comes down to comms on the day and having the ability to read that defence and, and again they obviously went in at half time and Fozzie delivered a message because they made adjustments, but and and then the kicking game was there, but it wasn't as accurate mm. as the week before. So it, like, I think the plan, the plan B, there. I'm sure there's Plan C, but uh, you've still got to execute it. Um, and and then we're talking all about the All Blacks, and this is what I've been guilty of, is I, I don't I don't think I acknowledge enough of what Argentina brought to the the spectacle, and you can only do what the opposition allows you to do, and and they just didn't allow it. They 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 didn't allow us to get into our uh, our rhythm. And, and our attack structures. Okay, that takes us to the Healthspan Elite performance of the week. Healthspan Elite are the nutritional supplier for the All Blacks. Been there for five years. You can trust them. Batch-tested products that keep the All Blacks as good as they can be, Jeff. Your performance of the week. Well, for me, it's Nicolas Sanchez because, you know, he scored all of Argentina's points. He scored a try. And like Mario Ledesma, the coach, you know, he's been trying for such a long time. He's been part of teams that have given the All Blacks a run for 50, 60, 70 minutes at times. But... You know, finally to see a guy like that come through, steer his team around the park. You mentioned it was a lucky try. Um, 
But uh, I think what we've seen um, potentially with this All Blacks team is that they've lacked a bit of experience at times in, in those positions. And, and, uh, and, you know, Nicolas Sanchez, what is he, 33, 34 years old? He's been around a long time. He knew that that was their opportunity. But for him to score all of their points, um, for me, that was the, the standout uh, effort of the weekend for sure. Got a lot of time for Nicolas Sanchez. I watched him in Buenos Aires do goal kicking. And I could have watched that all day long. Just his goal kicking practice. I he think the whole country so can now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was very effective on yeah. the weekend. Yeah, incredible. Uh, for me, uh, Marcos Crema, the open side. Um, 23 years old. You know, it was his 29th test. Some of these stats are mind-blowing. Um, 14 carries. One defender beaten. 28 tackles. Three miss. So he's tackling at 90%. Out of those 28, 14% of them are dominant. Uh, the only blemish was he gave away four penalties, but we we obviously didn't take the points. We kicked to the corner and couldn't execute or get points on the back of that. So I sort of ignored that when I looked at this. Obviously, Matera was exceptional, Sanchez exceptional, but I think 14 carries by the big open side, 28 tackles, that's a, that's a big shift. Can you give that in some context? Like, how much is 28 tackles in well, comparison to what you'd normally Remember, expect? I think Sam Kane uh, did 24, 25, uh, and in the Eden Park test here maybe, or, or in Wellington. And then they put up a stat of the last five people, and That's I right, think it was yeah. him and Richie. And I think the top was about 24, um, or 24 or 25. That's 28 tackles, and that's 80 minutes effort. And, and let's not forget, 14% is a really high dominant tackle number. So he's, he's doing the business. He's a big body. And a good shift for a flank is usually, what, 12 a game, 12 to 15? Oh, I mean, if you get, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like if, if, if you, and the balance of possession is another thing. So... It was pretty much 50-50, so both sides have got the opportunity to, to make similar amount of tackles. Obviously, if it's like 70-30, then 28's not as impressive, mm. but at 50-50, it's really impressive. And the other thing to remember is they did a total of 152 tackles, so out of the 152, he's made 28. It's wow. pretty impressive. So that he is the main tackler in that tackle, so if it's a, a gang tackle, there's two guys on the bloke, he's the guy who's making the majority of the hits. Yeah, so he, he'd be, it's not assist tackling. So he's just everywhere. It's just, and, he, and on the night, I said after the call, he was my player of the day before I even read the stats because I just I felt like that Argentinian seven jersey was just everywhere. And he, and he defensively was, he was just into everything. Yes, he gave away the penalties, but um, he, you're going to get that when you're involved that much in the game. You know, because 14 carries is a hell of a lot as well. Yes, yep. You know, and he didn't make a lot of metres. They were tough carries because they, they didn't make a lot of metres mm. through their carries. But he ran into brick walls and, and he did it effectively. Yeah. Jeff, what do you make of it? Well, I agree. Actually, I think um, you know there's been a lot talked about the All Blacks loose forward trio and and um, you know whether we're missing a, a big body. And I don't know. I just feel like um, you know whether he, he does come back into the mix at some point. We we do need a big a big weapon like a Liam Squire maybe that just um, say Luke Jacobson. <laughs> I'm on the Luke Jacobson bandwagon. Well, so I, I, it's been talked about. Are yeah. we are we missing that guy that just has more of a formidable presence? in a six jersey or an eight jersey. In saying that, you know, Shannon Frizzell was very good in the first half. Like, he, he put in a lot and of And he's work, been he? very good yeah. against the Wallabies as well. And, and I suppose it comes into the spotlight because he is involved in a bit of a scuffle and, and things like that get questioned. But he's been, he's been pretty formidable. And I, I was talking a week ago, and I didn't make the comparison, but I said he's en route to being of that Jerome Kino six presence of just doing the tough stuff and, and, and making the big tackles and, and doing that. Um, he's not there yet, but he's, he's definitely... And I, I'm sorry, and I'm going to be biased, and everyone will come at me again, <laughs> but Akira Ioane was very effective in his 28 minutes. So I, I think we could see potentially him getting another opportunity to be that explosive because he is an explosive customer. 
He's got the genetics to be as explosive as a Liam Squire. Uh, and, and he just needs to be given a go. Mm. And, and he's been given the 28 minutes, but I'd like to see him uh, get, a, get a big crack. But I, I certainly know where you're coming from. So where, how would you see your loose forward mix, Jeff? Well, I think, you know, what we have to get to go with is, is, giving, time, is giving guys game time and, and realising that we are going through a bit of a rebuilding phase. You know, you've got Sam there, you've got Artie, you've got um, Shannon, but you've got a guy in Hoskins, Satutu, as well, that, that needs game time and needs to develop. Akira, obviously, has been given another crack um, to show his wares. So it's finding the mix, um, you know, is... Is Adi Sabi? Does he belong at the back of the scrum? I'm I'm not 100% sure. I think he's more, you know, on the side. Um, so, I, I, I think yeah, that's the area that have, they've got to make a decision on, really. Yeah. yeah. Can I can I just jump in that? I've been speaking about that quick hook and go mm. with Hoskins twice. Yeah. yeah. Did you see how effective that was? It was. It, it's no one it, was near him. It's just the the, the blindside flanker is still scrumming mm. and he's gone. It's one of the most effective attacking weapons, and that's what makes him such a great um, number eight option. Is he's great in the line out, he's great in, in the carry, but those that's that he made like twenty like, like his run meters for the amount of time he's on the mm. field would uh, are pretty impressive. It was like a thirty meter run, and he was you know mowed down. I think tackled by your man Sanchez or Cabelli. But also at the at the end of Super Rugby, you know everyone was saying, oh, he's. I mean, people I were talking to were saying he's got to start for the All Blacks. Mm. That was some of the chat, start for the All Blacks. So, so now is it a case of, OK, well, we, we play him at eight and, you know, you do use someone like Hardy off the bench and you have Sam at seven and, and Shannon at six. What do you do? I know. Hardy's so immense as well. It's just such a... Because mm. we've got a lot of like-for-like like players, mm. I suppose, and um, it's, uh, it's, I think we've got abundance of talent in the loose forwards and, because and well, this is how hard it is to pick it. That almost appears to be the problem. You know, and that you, you maybe you need to give these guys some time together and stop changing it week by week. Because uh, we spoke about a couple of weeks ago whether or not they made a mistake going from Bledisloe three into Bledisloe four and changing that team up when the trophy wasn't on the, well, the trophy wasn't sealed in yet. And then we've seen them change the team again the week after. And that inconsistency has got to have some sort of impact on the performance. Well, it goes wider too. Like, and it's not obviously just the loose forwards, but. Jordy Barrett is not a winger, you know, he should be playing at fullback. And I actually think, personally, in my opinion, I, I would have you either go with Bowden Barrett at 10 or Richie Moonga at 10 and you have one of them on the bench. And you can mix them up in different tests. You can start one of them, you know, um, to give another one a, a breather. But you've got to do that. You've got to sort out your midfield. What are your options there? You've got to, you know, if you take Jordy off the wing, then you can bring well, back another specialist like Seva. You, you can't always play guys just because they can play different positions. I think you've got to go more traditional. Yeah, but Bodie offers so much more from the back defensively than, than just his attacking stuff at mm. fullback. Like, we tackled at 90%, and a lot of that's the organisation with Aaron Smith and Bowden Barrett, giving yeah. the pitches, communicating, allowing guys time and understanding of what, what to do, what not to do. And, and then I, I do find Geordie is, is a good right winger. I, I think his aerial game, his ability, and, and it's, I don't think we're going to gain much more by chopping and changing. That's just my personal. And, and after that win against the Wallabies, everyone was all for the two pivot. And, and mm. everyone, you know, like, yes, we've had um, two outings, uh, two losses, and, and not performed the way. But rugby is, if you get a platform up front, and Sam Whitelock's come out and said, you know, um, the type 5 haven't been con consistent enough, he wants to flatten the curve. Yeah. By flatten the curve, he just means he wants 8 out of 10s all the time, not 10, 5, you know. Like, yeah. So he wants to flatten that curve. And, and that's providing a platform at line-out time, scrum time, breakdown. So if you get the 
discipline right at the breakdown, we don't get penalised, then it doesn't really, like, uh, the, the backs can flourish, is what I'm trying to say. It's like, we, we're not going to solve the issues out wide before we, if we don't have a platform, if you know what I mean. It's too hard to attack going backwards. Yeah, um, Tambo Matson was saying in the Sky coverage on the weekend that, you know, the pick and go appeared to be lost until the last 20 minutes. That's the kind of thing, a good old school rugby tactic that could be picked up. But also, that, that's, that's read the defence. So, like I said before, Kubeli's in the line. So normally the halfback sits in behind the breakdown. So the classic pick through the middle of the ruck mm. is an option because there's no one actually mm. defending that. That's, mm, yeah. It's just backfield. And, and you know, we, they obviously saw that and made the tactic shift, and we actually made some ground um, in and around that, but it was just a little bit too late. But that's why that option is there. So if nine's going to keep... I bet you the Wallabies will be looking. Tani Alatupo will take um, through the middle of a ruck if no one's back there, and he, yeah. he's like a back, you know, the way he runs and his skill set. So it'll be something that I think uh, potentially Argentina will need to watch out for because they'll start targeting that now. And sorry to keep going on, but it shows the beauty of having the ability to review. So having footage to work out your game plan. You know, the All Blacks, and I'm not making excuses, but... Uh, I don't know what footage they had, but it was like, you know, you, you do have, to, it was a lot harder for them to make those decisions on the run due to the fact they didn't know it was coming a little bit because there was no test match. And just like in Super Rugby Aotearoa, I think that first round was the most explosive football because as rugby players, we built to that moment and it was like, oh my God, rugby's back. Yeah. It's, it's, we've got our opportunity to do what we love again. And I think it was the same for Argentina. And you just heard it in, um, you said they're playing for something bigger than themselves. And the aftermatch speech of if you work hard, he wants to send to the people back home, if you work mm. hard, you can achieve great things. And they were, they were grateful to be back out on the field and they're working hard to send a message back to their um, people back home that, yes, it's a tough year, but here's something to celebrate. And that's, that is all festered to a successful uh, first test win as well. I'm kind of uh, split on that. At one point, I know that every day I turn up to work, I'm not 100%. Just like, <laughs> just like anybody, you know, you don't, you're not up every single day at work. On the other hand, if I turn up to work and I don't do what I'm supposed to do, you know, the questions are being asked and my professionalism is being questioned. So it, it's hard to know at what point being out wanted is a major problem. I don't think, that's not what I was saying. I yeah. don't think it wasn't out there's no way you put on an all-black jersey and, yeah. and you don't want it. And also, you've got time to make decisions. Yeah. These guys are making decisions in less than seconds. Yeah. So, and then they're judged on that, which is fine. But that's, that's nothing to do with... I, I, I don't think we're outwanted. Yes, there was a lot of passion, and we always get that from Argentina. But I, I would not question the want and desire of any man in that black jersey on the weekend. No, yeah. no way. I think what we are seeing, and I spoke to someone about this today, is that obviously after the 2015 World Cup, we lost, uh, what was it, 800 caps between the guys that actually left. And I think for such a long time, we, um, I'm not going to say rested on our laurels, but there was just such a core of, of immense experience and talent and, and leaders like Richie and Karen and, and others and Ma'a and Dan and, and co that were there. And then obviously when all of them left, you still had Karen and, and co and some great leaders at the moment, but I feel like you know, we've, we've, we've had that expectation for so long that we have had guys that there that can change the plan in a test, but I think we're starting to see now, especially after the last World Cup, that this is a rebuilding phase. All teams have to go through it, all, all professional franchises, and I think we're starting to see this with the All Blacks, that, you know, we're not always going to be right at the top of the pile with that experience in the cupboard, and we're starting to see that, aren't we? It's a tough balance, though, isn't it? I mean, rebuilding and when you're the All Blacks, 
yeah. winning I don't constantly think because that's what's expected. Is, yeah, is ever going to be used in, in their yeah. environment mm, because yeah. they don't, they can't. That, that's just not what the All Blacks are about, and I don't think that's what they're thinking. They've yeah. had two losses in a row. I think last time was 2011 before we won the World mm. Cup. Um, so it's not panic stations because, as you can see, even when we had that experience, we still had the ability to lose two tests in a mm. row. Um, I also think out of you know, out of like troubling situations shows character and 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 it builds resilience and resolve and and out of that can become things of greatness. And I think this All Black group will come out the other side of this and will look back in time and go, you know, that was great, that was the making of us, rather than it being... Yeah, and I know, I said last week, you know, I don't want them to lose a test. I certainly don't want them to lose two tests, but they'll learn from it. And, and those, those lessons will be the biggest thing they hold on to for, for the rest of the All Blacks' careers and, and building towards 2023. And not just the players, the coach too. I mean, we've got to remember that Ian Foster hasn't been a head coach for eight or nine years. He's also having to learn a lot about what he's doing right now. I mean, he's had a, he's had a good preparation for it. Steve Hansen's mentored him through to this role. But, you know, he's also learning. Yeah, and, and everyone's learning each other. Like, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of change and, and it doesn't just fall on one man. Like, the result doesn't fall on one man. He can't go out on the weekend. Like, it's, it's a, the best organisations are collaborative and it's, it's, it's between leaders and players and, and coaching and management and all coming together, doing, you know, everything possible to get a result on the weekend. They still would have gone, um, you know, through everything and, and provided a, a, a perfect week to, to perform. Um, so you know, he, yeah, he is learning. The best All Black teams and the best players are forged out of out of um, you know these experiences. Defeat. You look back 2007 World yeah. Cup. You look at players like Richie McCall that had um, were around at the start when Bledisloe Cup. You know, we didn't have it. He knew he knew what that felt like, um, and he came through and won it. Um, so you have to go through those experiences to become better people and better players. And I think, as you're saying, um, down the track when the big one rolls around again, hopefully these are the sort of things that that give us that little edge. And that's the same for coaches. Like, we've just seen Match Fit and, you know, Graham Henry was so open and vulnerable about his challenges after 2007 and the British and Irish Lions and, and, and things like that. It's no different for coaches. Like, they're still, even though they're older, they're still learning and growing. Yeah, yeah. Well, why don't we have a moment to savour? <laughs> How does here, that sound? Here it is. Here, through all, through all of this that. nonsense, let's have a moment to savour. We've got a new sponsor on board here at the Aotearoa Rugby Pod, and it's Australian Vintage. They're a wine distributor out of Australia, and they bring all sorts of top-quality wines, like McGeegan, who do the Black Label range that's so, so loved over oh, the Tasman. Smooth. And we want to bring some moments to savour through them. Jeff. Welcome to don't, the show. Don't want to crack into it now. Don't, don't, no, 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 no. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure we're all after dinner. I'll bring it home to the wife. She'll yeah. love it. She'll love it. She'll savour you for a moment. But what is your uh, moment to say? Oh, it's got to be bad. No, I won't go there beating North Hutt. No, it wasn't <laughs> that. Um, it was uh, it was Mario Ledesma at the end of that test. And, um, you know, I think I saw one of the TV interviews he did with Sky and he, he, he almost couldn't get his words out. It was just so such an emotional moment for him and I think for a guy that tried his hardest to, to do it as a player couldn't quite get it done against the All Blacks you know for him to be there uh, in that position and, and see them do it and as you said um, for a, a cause greater than sport um, in such a tough year as well uh, just for me that was the moment really yeah it was an amazing moment. Yeah. Um, also, he had Michael Checker next to him, and the two of them went through a lot of nonsense together at the Wallabies. So, you know, to get that kind of win was also even bigger for him because he'd been through a lot there too in Australia. Mm. 
Oh, massive, and and he's had a lot of success everywhere he's going. So he's he's building himself quite a little uh, CV, mm. isn't he? Uh, for me, it was the post-match speech to see what it meant to uh, Matera and and his team, but more importantly, their nation, and and what they what they're prepared to do uh, to bring a smile to to their country's uh, face in, in what is a tough time for them. It's incredible that they hadn't seen their families for four months. Uh, it's just a, it's it's a huge sacrifice for for. I suppose the the greater good of of their national rugby team, mm. but also um, that that really seems to be something they're leaning on is is bringing a smile to their their fellow countrymen's face. You go to that movie? Which one? The, the Argentina beats the All Blacks movie. <laughs> no. No? No. 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 I'd, still well, question, I'd still question the 74th minute yeah. penalty at the breakdown when Matito's hands touch the grass and then drag back on the ball and he gets the turnover. From there, they get the, the penalty that takes them. If, anyway, yeah. let it go. If, if they've got someone playing um, James Parsons in it from the radio commentary, like they had in the kick, you know, um, kick wasn't bad, but uh, yeah, I'll watch it. It was actually it was a moment to savour the fans at the end, I thought, for me, seeing how much that meant to them. Them, oh. going at it for the last 15 minutes when they realized what was up my wife's sitting next to me and it kind of she pricked her ears up like ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's going on there? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> uh, history it, being history's made. History's being made right there. You know? And yeah, the other thing was, all of those blokes, the Argentinian blokes in the crowd were built like He-Man. Oh. What was the story with you that? the guy holding the flag at the start. Like, he was big at Donis. Tom Robinson with a tan. That's not right. Most of the Argy guys you see, you know, relatively thin when you walk down the streets. Yeah. No, they're rigged up. They're rigged up. The thing is now too, though, is that this isn't just a, I don't think it's a one-off victory. They know now that they can beat the All Blacks. And I think for teams that do it for the first time, that's always the, and having Big played, step. you'd know it's the, it's, the, it's the part of it that's the hard part, getting through that and cracking it. And then we'll start with Ireland. It's key to back it up, though. Yeah. yeah. Against the Wallabies, I reckon it's a big, it's yeah. a big one uh, this week, even more so. I know that's an amazing result, but if they can back it up, it's, it's a sign of where things oh, yeah. can go. The celebrations would have been big. They might I'd not trade so. till Tuesday. I'd say so. There would have been a bit of this. I don't know if it was McGeggins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> we'll say the, it, we'll say it, will we? The Argentinian version. Yeah. It'll be a Malbec, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah a Malbec for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Easy drinking Malbec. And some steak, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah but best place to travel is an all black, one of the best, Argentina. Yeah, oh, look, it's, yeah, I mean, I love South Africa, Argy, uh, during my time in Aussie as well. And the UK is great. Like, they're, they're all 
different experiences, aren't they? Well, for someone that doesn't eat many carbs, you know, you know the protein oh, steaks love a good, go well. Love a good <laughs> steak, mate. Yeah, love yeah. a good steak. Those one kilogram steaks. They, 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 they do go quite on the rear side in, in Argy, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't mind it. I feel like some, sometimes, you go to, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sometimes you get to the sea house, it comes out, it's still mowing, and I'm like, yeah, That's look, I, I love my meat, but, uh, but yeah, no, great place to go. And they're open to like two in the morning. So you finish work at 10.30 at night or whatever you're doing it, you can walk in and it's barely started. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's amazing. Even when we go over there and you go out for dinner, like our normal eating time's around 6, 6.30 yeah. and that's how we, we still live when we're on tour. You go in there and it's literally like empty and then you're leaving at say like 8.39 and everyone's coming in um, for, for their you know, evening. So is that your second dinner? <laughs> no, 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 just the one dinner. Just the one dinner. I'm a front row, mate. You get put in a real strict corner. <laughs> you can't sneak out at yeah, 10 yeah. o'clock at night and then no suddenly way. You've Who got was the be... biggest hoover when you played for the ABs? Um, Who really got stuck in at the buffet or on tour? Nah, it's pretty well. Pretty well Kat Derry's pretty, uh, pretty well in control of everyone's plates. Yeah, yeah. You see some eyes light up, I'm sure, but you don't necessarily get yeah, a whole yeah. bunch of it. No, no, she runs a very smooth cutter with Nick Gill. I can tell you Grant Nisbet can polish off a one kilogram steak, can no problem at all. He'll have chips and then he'll go for dessert. Like, That's impressive. He can call a game and he can eat food. There's no doubt about that. Can Marshy polish off a one kilo of wine? A one litre of wine? He <laughs> well, can, can't he? Yeah. I've, I've been, I probably shouldn't tell these stories, but we're in South Africa and we went down in Durban in 2016, went down to one of the local steakhouses and, you know, you, you get those for show bottles of wine, the ones yeah. that <laughs> I think are real and they're kind of on a tipper. Yeah. Next thing Five you know, litres. Marshy and Nisbo and Jeff and a whole bunch of us are at this place and one of these things is being opened and, the, you know, the... It's hard enough it's to pour it into it. the glass. Yeah. Magnum, eh? yeah. <laughs> oh, and that thing's gone by the end of the evening. Beautiful. It's solid. Plenty of vitamins. Uh, yeah, yeah. That tour, the, uh, the Argentine leg and then the South African leg, if you don't come home and start eating salads immediately, <laughs> you can forget about it. Oh. Get on the Metamucil. Yeah. <laughs> it's a heavy meat diet. <laughs> it's not pretty. It's not pretty. Look, we've talked a lot about um, the All Blacks and the troubles they're going through. Um, there's another Kiwi up in the Northern Hemisphere, Wayne Pivak, who stepped into that coaching role with Wales, which you know Warren Gatland had for so long, and obviously people are going to be looking at him because Gatland did such a good job of lifting them from being quite an average nation to being you know a team that could really compete. He's now one from seven. Um, you know, there's blood being wanted up in the north. You know Wayne Pivak. Yeah. One, how do you think he's dealing with it? And two, you know, where do you think he can take him from here? Well, I don't know how he's dealing with it, obviously, but um, I know he's a fighter. And you know he's he's had a lot of experience, you know, with uh, Fiji, uh, Auckland Harbour, um, a number of other teams. You know he's been had a lot of success in Wales with with um, Scarlets, and that's how he got the job uh, through through that success. And I just think it just needs time. It's similar to what I was saying before: is is if you see all the teams that have had change, it's still going to take time. You know the Wallabies are still learning with Rennie. That's going to take time. Fozzie's come in um, with a new coaching group. That's going to take home. Wales, on the back of a long tenure under Warren Gatland, has now got Wayne Peeper. And, and he'll have system changes, and that takes time for players to understand, uh, you know, buy into or um, be able to execute. And, and if you look at the other teams that are, are doing quite well in international rugby, they've actually had consistency from the World Cup coaching group through uh, to now. So it's... It's that. It's just. I don't think it's panic stations. But I understand Wales as a nation. Like, if you think we're rugby mad, like they are rugby, rugby mad. Like they will live and breathe it more than uh, Kiwis at some stages. So, uh, yeah, they'll be wanting instant results, just like 
our fans do as well. They want instant results. They don't want two test losses. So, uh, yep, there'll be a bit of pressure, but knowing Wayne Pivak um, and, and the character he has and the experiences he has, he'll draw on that and he'll, he'll come out the other side, I, I have no doubt. As a player, have you been under a coach who's been under that much pressure? And, and as a player, what do you say to a coach to try to help him along? You know, coaches are always there to help players. But as a player, can you, can you help a coach in any way to make sure that you know, they know that you've got their back? Oh, absolutely. I think you, first off, you should do it publicly when, when, and take responsibility yourself as a player. Um, and, and then behind scenes, like I say, said before, if, make sure it's a collaboration and that there's responsibility across the board, that it doesn't just fall on one person. If, if you sp- split the roles and responsibilities, then you've got something to be accountable at the next meeting. And if it hasn't done, well, you know that that was your role. That, that should never be just on one person. And that as players... And, and a leadership group, and then you come together with the coaches and management, and there's enough heads in that room to make sure that you get it right and be able to spread uh, the success, mm. but also spread the responsibility if it doesn't go to plan. Where's the love, Jeff? How long do you give a coach? Well, I think one of the things that people talk about when coaches come into new groups, and Dave Rennie's talked about it, and I know Jamie Joseph, when he was uh, starting out at the Highlanders, talked about it, it's about creating a culture. And it's not just about going in there. You might be a good coach. You might have world-class players. But things take time, as James said. And um, I think first and foremost, it is about setting, setting the tone and, and, and how you want to play, who you want to play for, what your style is going to be about, what playing for the jersey is about, having those conversations. And then, you know, it is tough just to go into a role um, like Wayne and, and, and try and get, you know, results in a, in a, in a place like Wales where the expectation is, is huge. Um, and it's just, I, don't, I just don't think it's possible. Um, and you have guys you know, saying, well, get Scott Robertson in there or someone like that. And, and even with the All Blacks, if Scott had gone in there, do you think he would have had far and away better results than the current team? Maybe not. You know, it does take time. Just because you're having, having success with one team doesn't mean that that's going to translate to success with another team. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think it's time. Um, and I think you know, they just need to wait it out. I think we'll see better results going forward for Wales. It's just time in the saddle, really. You know who's having a great time right now? Rusty Erasmus. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's sitting back. He's got a World Cup in the, in the closet and he's sitting back just going, yeah, you guys do your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys we'll, do your thing. We're just chipping away here and we'll, we'll come out and, and try and do the business. But they are going to have to front at some point. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it, it's, there's no drama for them at the moment, but at some point they will have to play again. And as we've seen, the longer you leave it, uh, the, the more challenging it can get. But... On the other hand, uh, RG left it for a while and they got a spike. Mm. Now the, 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 the biggest task is keeping that going that way rather than plateauing. And Because mm. there's always going to be a spike that first game, I promise you that. They're, and it's about how do you replicate those emotions and that, that time, they wouldn't even really, I don't believe, as players thought about the Wallabies. They, they would have done what, however long they've been, four months, just mm. prepping for the All Blacks. So now they've got a week to just switch their mind, playing a different style team. It'll be interesting to see how they front this week. Could this be the catalyst to Argentina going to the next level? I mean, most of these players we've seen for a long period of time. It's not like we didn't know what was coming. No, and, they, and they've been exceptional in Super Rugby. Mm. And I think their involvement in Super Rugby yeah. has given them the belief that they can beat New Zealand sides, they can beat um, Aussie sides, they can beat South Africa side, which has filtered up to them going, well, we can actually probably beat the All Blacks and the Wallabies. And, and, mm. and I think if they do back it up, this week and, and then even the following week and get another win uh, against the ABs, the, then they'll be a, a real force to be reckoned with. Um, I know 2023 is a long way away. You don't want to peak too early, as we've learned over a number of years. Um, but 
it, it, it holds them in pretty good stead, especially if they can keep that coaching group together. Ledesma and his crew seem to be, they have something working not only at the Hagarares, but now um, in the national team. What I like about Ledesma, you spoke earlier about Wayne Bennett. I've had some minor dealings with Ledesma um, while in Buenos Aires covering those games. And he's one of those guys who makes you feel like you're the only person in the room in front of him. He's one of those guys who truly engages with you. He doesn't carry any ego. He doesn't have any kind of arrogance or anything like that about him. He is just the kind of guy that I felt I can see why they would run at a brick wall Mm. for him. Because he'd do it himself, and he's so respectful and nice and normal. There's something great about that guy. But he's present. I think all the Mm. great coaches are present in the moment of a one-on-one situation and and dealing with what's there and now rather than ticking a box. And I think that's what the great coaches do. And, um, you know, from my experiences, I think there's second to none for me as a player as Tom Coventry. Like, every time mm. you sit down with him, it's, he's, he's focused on the there and now. And he's also, he just cares so much about you being a better footy player, but also how you're going outside of footy. So it's that relationship. And those relationships take time. I've known him a long time. And he's got my trust, and, and I'd run through a brick wall through him. So we're talking about uh, Wayne Pivak now, and though he's now building those relationships, and that's going to take time to foster a group that he knows mm. and understands, and they know and understand who they're playing for and what they're playing about. And Pivak's got that same kind of approach? You feel uh, yeah, I, look, I had him when I was really young, so I, I was... I was all ears, obviously, at that stage, and, and he was really, he was great for me. Um, he, he gave me, you know, because I was, you know, a young fella, you just want it all now, and, and he made me really understand that you don't want your opportunity before you're ready because yeah. then you, you, you really, you, you won't uh, be around for long. Just be patient. He always just said to me, James, be patient, um, and he was exactly right. Yeah. Look, I, I, you know, pricked some ears up the other day. My big, big boss even came into me going, you want the All Blacks to lose? You can't say that. You can't say that. Well, you got your wish. But I, I, look, I, I got, I got my wish. I did say that. I did say oh, that. I was horrified. It was, it, was, it was partly in jest, but partly for real. Because I wanted well, it was this, before the 40... I, I didn't want this tournament to be a whitewash. Right. I wanted this tournament to be interesting. You know, the, the Springboks weren't there. You know, the Wallabies were starting something brand new. The Argentines, from all we knew, had COVID and, you know, yeah. and might not even make it. And I, was, I just wanted an interesting competition. I'll tell you what... I'm excited. I'm There'll excited be a lot about of the next this two weekend. weeks. Yeah. This week, the Wallabies game, the following week, the All Blacks game, and then into next year when the Springboks return. To me, this feels more like the tournament that the Six Nations is, where you go yeah. in each weekend unsure about what's going to happen. But how good is it that we have the South Africans on board as well? Yeah. Because I reckon that's a key cog. Mm-hmm. The four of real powerhouses Definitely. coming together, and mm-hmm. that is exciting. But also, I, I think there's going to be a lot more eyes on this weekend than there would have been had there just been a whitewash, like you said. Mm. Um, I wanted the whitewash, but um, <laughs> I think there'll be a lot more eyes on, on, on this fixture and the enjoyment of seeing Argentina do well. Yeah, because close victories, oh, close losses in the cases of Australia and Argentina or even the Springboks against the All Blacks, they're not enough to create a competition that carries as much meaning as when the wins are being traded between each two. Yeah, we saw that in Super Rugby Aotearoa this year when the Blues defended home territory so well and suddenly it was like, it doesn't matter what game is going on this weekend, I cannot pick it. Mm. You know, and, yeah. and that kind of thing is, is really important to a competition. Yeah, I think it's important to players as well. Like Having a genuine idea and a belief that you're coming into the weekend and you've got a genuine opportunity to, to take it. And, and now... that. that Argy side, I just reckon they'll be frothing at the mouth 
but making sure that they're as disciplined in their game plan and, and, and what they executed mm. um, is, is against the All Blacks this week is, is I'd say, even more important because the Wallabies mm. won't be um, surprised. Yeah. They, they know what's coming. Even though we said, you know, we knew what was coming before, they really know what's coming now. So, Jeff, if I took that McGeegan wine back and then I gave you 20 bucks and said go down to the tab, would you put it on the Argies? Well, I would have put, if I'd have known the result last week, I'd have put $1,000 on. They were 10 bucks, weren't they, for the winner? Go back for a dollar one. Um, would I put 10 bucks in the Argies if you give me $10? Um, no, I'm keeping the McGeegan. <laughs> so, you think the Wallabies will win? I think they will, yeah. I think the, the Wallabies will win the game. Um, I think basically what James is saying is it's you have to back it up and it's 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 like anything you know did teams in the weekend gone by with Mighty 10 Cup play their semi-final already we'll, we'll we'll know the result next weekend but it's difficult in any sport to to um to pull that back out again and and, and back up so um, but also the Wallabies and as the Wallabies know weeks. it's coming yeah exactly. yeah yeah I've mm-hmm. had two weeks to prep for this mm-hmm. yeah. um, and after a pretty big win for them they well, Dave Rennie will certainly know the importance of backing that up. Mm. Mm. So you think Wallabies too? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, that's, I, I, I'm kind of sad that that's the case. Yeah. You know, will like, you back the Argies? Mate, I don't think they'll win, but um, because I think you're right. I think holding that level could be really, really difficult after yeah. such a big Four occasion. Four months prep for one game. Mm. Creating history doesn't happen every week. No. You know, and to, to beat the All Blacks and turn up in Australia and beat them there too. I don't know what the numbers are, but I, I know that they've beaten Australia a bit in Argentina. I can't remember them beating Australia in Australia. Maybe they have. I know the Aussies have lost to Samoa and Scotland and some other places, yeah, but I, I, I don't remember, remember no. Argentina. So There was a close one in the Gold Coast, I think. But Yeah. Um, no, uh, but I, I don't even think it's about past results. It's like the here and now for both sides who have just beaten the All Blacks now coming together, mm. and it's important for both of them to back up their last performance to justify it. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's exciting for, for where it can go. And there's a trophy on the line. Yeah, and that's the thing. Where's that going to end up? Like, this weekend's so crucial to that, because if the RGs can win, then it's quite um, in the air of where that would, would sit. You're going into that last game, All Blacks-Argentina, if that game was the game that decided it, it would be great for Kiwi fans. Oh, It'd be great for the comp. Especially yeah. what we've seen. And also be, the comp yeah, that absolutely. was that a lot of people said, oh, if South Africa's not there, is it a comp? It's, yeah. it's the All Blacks to win. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like now that's like, we're not even talking about Well, let's be honest. When, when this came out, the Tri-Nations with Australia and, and Argentina and the All Blacks, uh, be honest, who, who was genuinely oh, I'm a code here. Don't, don't ask me that. <laughs> 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 about what we might have seen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we were expecting it to go a certain way. It hasn't. And I know, but been, I, that was, it's been great for it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah it's been awesome. But yeah. I also love, like, I love seeing the All Blacks punish teams. Like, I enjoy that. Like, I really enjoyed that 43 um, five. That was that's, but that's that's because I just love mm. the All Blacks. Hence the, the <laughs> yeah. cut. It is fun to see Bowden score four tries at Eden Park and and do all oh, that kind of stuff. See them unleashed. Um, but it is also really nice to know going into a game that this you isn't necessarily know. ours. No, you know. But I think, uh, yeah, I mean, we're two weeks away. We can get into that next week. But I, yeah. I, I think it's exciting to see, um, you know, like I said, out of tough situation, true character is shown and, and when the chips are down. So mm. I, I think you'll see, like, I know a lot of men in there that have got really strong character and, and, a, and a great desire uh, to do well in that jersey. So I'm excited for that fixture in two weeks. Canterbury didn't go down. 
Yeah, I was. Oh, I was looking man. for. I might just leave now. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. That the Canterbury. Let's go to my Zen Cup. That Canterbury Auckland game was an absolute cracker. I, I really enjoyed watching that game. Um, I couldn't oh, believe it. I was loving it at nineteen five. Nineteen five. Uh, and, yeah. And I was because I, I mean it wasn't good in my household when when Harbour lost, and then I was like, okay, we've got a chance. Yeah. Got a chance, and I was like nineteen five. I was just like, oh, you beauty, and then. Out of nowhere, we kick a 55-metre penalty to win it. Uh, for Canterbury, it was, yeah, it hurt. It it, hurt. Tell me you were a little bit conflicted when the ball tasks went up for Luke Romano. You know, oh, you felt like, oh, the, the man's getting them back in the game. Yeah, oh, no, I was, I, I've, I was firmly behind Auckland. Um, it was pretty tense, man. Like, I, like I, Harbour's dear to my heart. Like, I was, I was watching it pretty intently. Um, and there was some colourful language at times. Um, but, yeah, like... That's like I said before. I'm restructuring the comp, hopefully, and there's no, there's no, there's no premiership championship. Even though I've sung its praises, um, selfishly, Um, but look, from where for Harbour, it'll go back to probably one game, and that was down in Invercargill where we should have closed it out, Mm. um, and that we wouldn't be in this situation. And off a tough start, start, zero and three. For, for those guys, for the next seven games to go five out of seven, I think shows a lot of resilience and character of their own. And I sent a text to the, the, the group chat yesterday saying, you know, personally, I was, I was proud of the fight that they showed to try and give themselves a chance to, one, stay up, but two, be in, in chance for a semi-final. Just blame Golden Point. It came down to that wellington Canterbury game, didn't it? Yeah, it did. You know, it the did. new rule. And yeah. uh, had, they not, uh, had they not gone there, Canterbury would be down. Yeah. Or, or would they? Because then they throw out the championship and then we'll all be talking, oh, look, the Canterbury Mafia, they've rigged this, the one time they yeah. go down, it's all gone. And... Well, I actually don't want to... Well, and then talk <laughs> of Tasman being paid. The, the, <laughs> so, well, pay off Tasman. The, the comp deserves probably us Unreal. to talk about the semis, doesn't it? Yeah. If we're honest, like, obviously, personally, I'm a bit gutted, but uh, it's, it's an exciting prospect in both the, the premiership and the championship. You know, you've got... Like Northland were sharp against Waikato, mm. like, and they got their big guns back. So that's a that's an interesting one. I I, I think you know that mm. uh, under the roof um, in Otago and Hawks Bay, you know, had to fight pretty hard, and and they'll get to do that battle again. So um, Northland's forward pack's been working really well this year. I think Josh Goodhue's been playing well um, alongside Kidd, and and Knox been a cracker off the back oh, um, and around the ruck. He's but been when excellent. when Robinson's there, uh, Maddich, uh Pryor's been exceptional 100%. in the turnovers, and you have got your Josh Goodhue's. Um, and the skipper Olsen, who yep. I think's been exceptional mm-hmm. at hooker, Olsen, yeah. um, and they can get a platform. The only time they've struggled is when they couldn't get that scrum mm-hmm. right, and, and Sam Knock doesn't have that ability. But I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, as I thought a week prior. Um, you know, the way Northland couldn't close out a game against mm-hmm. 14 men, um, but like if they can play as well as they did, um, and I think bench is going to be key for George Cornier too, because I've seen this season what I thought was some unusual decisions at times to bring off people like Rene Ranger who who um, he just loves to be in the battle till the end and I think he's such a quality veteran you kind of have to be and a bit they love him. Yeah, and they love, love him. him yeah they want to play him. for him so that's going to be a tough game if um, Otago don't have Villamoni Kuroi I think he, he, got, he picked up a niggle against Tasman um, they did beat them there this year though Otago so and they'll, they'll be smarting from that loss if, to Tasman so that, that's that's going to be a tough one to call. And if I could have a moment to savour for Mitre 10 Cup. Yeah, absolutely. Can we see Sam Nock post-match interview? 
Have you seen it? No. He's wearing, oh, you've got to see it. Hopefully Ra can do some business and put it in yeah. uh, for everyone to see. He's, he's got the glasses on straight after the game talking to Carmo. And uh, like, I don't even know how to explain it. You've got to see them. It's a, it's a great interview. He's well, he such the, a character. Which yeah. one was it? He's so, um, uh, I don't know, after the Waikato game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he just, like, he's when he plays, and but when you get to know him, he's such a funny, funny bloke. And, and it's just... Classic him. He's just he's taking the Mickey, but it's bloody funny. Was it the Dirty Dogs? What's yeah, got on? I think it was Oakleys, like white Oakleys, oh, yeah. um, like old school, <laughs> like 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 those sort oh, of yeah. running Oakleys. Oh, like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. funny, mate. It's yeah. funny. So, Do you want to rattle through the other ones quickly as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. So we've got uh, we're Hawk, uh, Hawks Bay against Taranaki, uh, and the other one. Uh, yeah, sorry, Ho uh, Jared Hoyata. I, yeah. I think Hawks Bay. That'll be that'll be a yeah. pretty clear one. They came back strong mm. after the bench yesterday, uh, but I think it'll be a tough one. It's a one-off occasion, mm. so you can't write anyone off. But I think Hawks tough asking McLean Park, Auckland mm. Waikato in the in the Premiership uh, oh. semis. Have to go Auckland, don't you? Yeah, and they've, they've, it'll be depending how banged up their bodies are and, mm. and what 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 23 they can get on the field because they're certainly good enough. But if they can get the likes of Wetton and, and Scrafton uh, back out there, and um, you know, hopefully Upper Sai. Um, and, and have the ability to set those backs alight, um, they'll, they'll certainly give themselves a chance. But you can't write Waikato off. I know they were poor mm. up north, but they're coached by a pretty hard-nosed customer, so they'll be better for it. And they've got a lot of experience in there with, with Liam Messam and uh, Jacobson and co. So. Yeah, exciting weekend. Both plenty of starts going to be interesting against Tasman. I mean, Trask and Otiti Black have been running a I think pretty good plenty can, mm. If if uh, We've seen, uh, if you can take Tasman on at line-out and scrum and they don't have the front foot platform to go on, those are the games they've struggled against Harbour and Auckland. It was it was all-out uh, forward warfare yeah. and it didn't allow the backs in the game. So uh, that's not a foregone conclusion for me. That That's a really interesting one. Yeah, let's talk about Trask, actually. He had a really big game on the weekend. He's a comer, eh? Yeah, I think, is, is he a 10 or a 15? I think he definitely looks more suited at 15. He looks good he? at 15. He can play both, obviously. Um, he can play midfield as well, Caleb Trask. But um, he, he knew when to go into that first receiver position yesterday. He, um, he looked good. Oteri ran out of a bit of gas at the end. I think he had a bit of a niggle, so Caleb went in and um, he looked good. He runs good lines. He's got a good boot on him as well. Um, I think Oatsy's made a big difference, though, tactically mm. oh, yeah. to, to yeah. Bay of Plenty. I think he, he's a real student of the game, and he's got a great rugby brain, and he knows when, you know, he'll be a big factor of how they came back yesterday after a, a slow start. Um, so I think the two, you know, we talk about the dual pivot at, at All Black level, but they're two, well, one really experienced super rugby player and one up-and-coming first five fullback, and, and they seem to be working really well together. Yeah, yeah, that's another reason why we shouldn't maybe dismiss 10-15 overall. As no, a, as no, a yeah, we're all warming to it. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there slowly. Speaking of warming up, next week we'll be back, obviously, and we hope to maybe have Bryn Hall. Not that we didn't love having <laughs> you here. No, I appreciate Bryn, it. We, we can can I take it, that with me? Take yes, it with yeah, you. Take it with the you. Bryn Hall post-season story edition. Oh, maybe. yeah. I wonder, he'll Might be, be pretty tight. Yeah, I think he'll yeah. be pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're a well-behaved group. They'll be, they'll be yeah. chewing, chewing the fat and just enjoying a few lemonades, no doubt. No doubt. We won't have any videos of the big screen from him either. <laughs> no, I no, don't no. Think so. I don't think we yeah. need that. <laughs> Maybe just some shots of some players with their, their shirts off, most oh, likely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. down at a local pub. You've got to earn the right, though. They better be the ones with the good rigs. Not yeah. I think they'd be like Mitre 10 Cup Mad Monday and then there's NRL Mad <laughs> Monday there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a fair, fair difference. <laughs> we'll catch you on next week's show with Bryn Hall in close. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.